Daniel chapter 1 verse 1 and 2 and 3 if you all you can also rise up to your feet just to hear the word of god it just different we practice things a little different we we just we just rebuke the enemy in a different way you know you hear it as if god is speaking it over you and you're receiving it that's how i read the bible i when i read it, i'm like god is speaking to me that's what happens intentionality sets you apart in the third year of the reign of jehoiakim king of judah nebuchadnezzar king of babylon came to jerusalem and besieged it hey i see the word besieged and the lord gave jehoiakim king of judah into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of god and he brought them to the land of shinar to the house of his god and placed the vessels in the treasury of his god was 3 then the king commanded ashpenes please excuse me with reading all these names i'm trying my best his chief eunuch to bring some of the people of israel both of the royal family and of the nobility let's read four as well youths without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom endowed with knowledge understanding learning and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the chaldeans you can be seated wow that is a heavy word daniel chapter 1 verse 1 it's talking about in the reign of jehoiakim king of judah let's say king of judah king of judah okay nebuchadnezzar king of babylon another king outsider came to jerusalem and besieged it now where we left off with hezekiah was exactly at that point where when hezekiah got 15 years added he invited the king of babylon not his known friends it's in second kings chapter 20 some 20 right that's where it is he exposed all of his kingdom he showed his armory even what he wore to go to war you know like the not like the iron man suit you know like the olden days bronze or metal gold whatever he exposed everything he had and then isaiah the prophet comes to king hezekiah and says who are these people okay and you know i'll just go there for a second so i don't tell you what is not written there so i can tell you clearly what is said there okay let let's go there precisely so that um it's in second kings chapter 20 was 15 you know this is all good you you have to take notes you you kind of register on the tablet of your heart 
you know this is what verse 14 says then isaiah the prophet came to king hezekiah and said to him what did these men say and from where did they come to you and hezekiah said they have come from a far country from babylon wow and he said what have they seen in your house and hezekiah answered they have seen all that is in my house there's nothing in my storehouses that i did not show them then isaiah said to hezekiah hear the word of the lord behold the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which is your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to babylon nothing shall be left says the lord and some of your own sons note verse 18 who will come from you whom you will father shall be taken away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of babylon verse 19 sometimes we don't even have to preach these words are so heavy then hezekiah said to isaiah the word of the lord that you have spoken is good ouch that that hurts he said that is okay because it is not concerning my life it's concerning the kids and the next generation who cares it's just for he thought why not his thoughts are exposed his thoughts are captured he said for he thought why not if there will be peace and security in my days that's the end of hezekiah's story right there okay Isaiah's question where did they from where did they come to you where did they come to you and from what have they seen in your house take your bibles back to go back to daniel chapter 1 because that's where we are staying today behind the curtains of our life right now when we are speaking a word like this is coming things are moving the spiritual world is constantly evolving with the kinds of words you hear with the kinds of words you agree and the kind of words you declare and the desperate words you speak the landscape of your the spiritual world moves with words okay that is why a king like hezekiah could say he could say what you have spoken is good i'm 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 opening up our senses yes isaiah is a prophet he came and said this is what the lord says and he asked him where have these people come from what did he see simple two questions and he said come from a far country babylon they seen everything and then he said this is what is the word of the lord and his response changed the trajectory of generations 
come on come on come on just take it in you know like i i want you to become so precise so focused i want us i'm not in, i'm not excluding me you know i want us to become so precise so sharp in the spirit that we have to know what kind of words we are coming into agreement and what kind of words we need to take time to respond and what kind of response should we give that's a good word because everything changes i just said the landscape of daniel's life and his whole generations changed is it that ordinary it's not easy for what i'm sharing right now the whole generational landscape of daniel and his friends changed with one king's agreement and why was that agreement so heavy because you with me because he was a man placed in a place of authority he was what did god address hezekiah as the leader of my people leader the one who leads them to somewhere and that leaders did not care ha <laughs> the leader really didn't care the reason isaiah asked where did these people come from because he wanted this leader to recognize a stranger have you heard this word stranger danger what what is that yeah. this is saying like that right he was so naive he said it is okay question for all of you in the garden of eden not question okay i'm just preaching in the garden of eden eve was constantly hearing god's voice and adam her husband's voice was the serpent's voice common come on talk back to me it was uncommon but when the serpent came a strange voice came yeah. eve entertained that voice it is very important we identify strange voices because strange voices come from a strange location that is why isaiah the prophet was asking him where did they come from and what did they see not every association okay here you go i'm going again not every association is beneficial to you if you have to become um um i'm i'm searching for a word if you have to become passionate about where your life is going which i believe you are i am can somebody say amen if we have if we become passionate about where our life has to go the trajectory where we need to go then i'm giving you a principle it is very important what kind of voice you entertain and if it is a strange voice 
you have to check it don't commune with it you know what the bible says bad company corrupts good character hold on that is the esv version you know what is the king james version say bad conversation bad i mean it says it's i think no it says corrupt conversation corrupts bad company bad conversation corrupts good character it is words exchange of words so what happened to hezekiah's spirit to come down low it didn't happen randomly it is his communion with the king of babylon and his words and his uh, dealings with him lowered his standard have you noticed i'm 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 still coming to daniel chapter 1 but this is very important this is the holy spirit leading us have you noticed you can go into a place when you're growing up or when you go into a location you have certain principles in your spirit and you want in a, in your heart in your life you're like this is how i've been brought up this is who i am but in a matter of time you can be compromised just because of the kind of company association everything is cool everything is okay and it kind of that is why you can ask many people who are very focused and paul says it in he uses different languages to say different paul uses different languages and one language once he used was max you should hear this, this is really powerful he said this paul said i am like an athlete i train my body in a certain way i'm not somebody who is boxing with the air he's like i'm not putting useless effort on air he's like i every effort i take it has to be beneficial to me wow he is so precise so focused he's like everything i do it has to be a benefit to my life no wastage i don't want to waste my associations i don't want to waste my conversations i don't want to dilute my life he was very focused you know these are the kind of people whom god is looking for right now to change the trajectory of their own life and of the life of whoever is connected to them it's very important that is why king hezekiah his mistake was he did not pay attention to where this voice came from and what that voice was trying to see okay now let's come to daniel chapter 1 so every time you hear something principle number 1 assess where is this coming from what location is this coming from is this a good source all right is this a source that will compromise you or is this a source that is close to the heart of god because some things we only get to know after it has happened but it is better you investigate before it happens all right the source of of the voice and what is this voice coming to see in your life because when the serpent came to talk with eve it was not simply to talk 
It was to see what she knew. And in a matter of time, when she exposed what she was unsure of, she was hijacked. Okay? Now, Daniel chapter 1. So this whole episode here, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Everybody say besieged. One more time. I remember a few, 30 minutes ago, I said that word, right? I said the siege will be broken. So what does that mean? Sometimes I say certain words and I've not thought of it. The siege, I said the siege will be broken. Now what is besieged? Besieged is surrounded? Okay, okay, okay. We, 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 we'll, uh, somebody can help me. What is that called? Besieged. What is sieged? Ah, so it's the same word. Basically, attack and attacked is siege and besieged. Okay, okay. So Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. How could he besiege them? He besieged them because they showed everything that they had. And he showed all the... They were like spies. They came and spied on King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah gave away all the strategies. Now the Bible says, came and besieged it. Besiege is surrounding. Okay. This is one of the tactics of the enemy. People of God, before the enemy can force you to do something, his number one tactic, age-old tactic is he surrounds you. He besieges somebody. Now you can say, I am not in old school Jerusalem where like people with horses and chariots and you know, like horse riders coming with some knight soldiers are coming and surrounding me. No, no, no. The question is what is surrounding your life right now? What is consuming you 24 bar 7? What is being injected to you? Or what is being put at your face? You know, now we can talk a little more freely because this is a small gathering. Everything, even your phone does, there is a trap of besieging you. You with me or no? The moment you scroll left, you know, this news that shows has an algorithm planned by the people who are working behind it. And they are doing this so that you see what they want you to see. It is a sage, right? Siege, okay. It is a siege. It is basically to hijack you from you. Oof. So it is not now the war is like somebody comes and catches hold of people. No, the war is different now. The war is how do they hijack you? Not physically. If they can hijack your mind, if they can hijack your heart, they have hijacked you. And what do they do? They can, everywhere you go, the messaging that is coming to you is a 
siege. It is altering the way you will think even about yourself. If you are, a, not if you are, we are biblical believers. We believe what the word of God says. And there is a way to believe in divine health. Divine health is more powerful than healing. Can somebody say an amen? Come on, people on Zoom. Divine health is staying healthy. Healing is something is broken, you pray for healing. All right? So there is a pattern of staying in divine health through the Lord. But if the constant messaging is everything, instead of you promoting your divine health, you are always in defensive mode. Is this helping anybody? Defensive mode is like, you're like, oh, if I catch this cold, oh, if this can happen, oh, if that can happen. You are telling your spirit man, are you still with me? Yeah. To operate in a certain way. Come on, take a few seconds to process it. You are telling your body, you're telling your mind, you're telling your spirit from a strange voice. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. You see, I'm saying that strange, where did the voice come from? What is the location of that voice? What is the source of that voice? And the voice come to see what you know, correct? King Hezekiah, it's just a pattern, but that's the revelation we're trying to get behind it. It's the same way today. Now, these voices will come to you and try to see how much do you know about yourself? And every article you read, it will begin to say like, oh, this is the weakness somebody carries. This is their blood level going down. You know, I'm just making up stuff. This, um, this vitamin, this mineral, this, that. Uh, yeah. I'm no doctor. I'm just saying like, this will happen, that will happen. So what you read ha, fed your soul and your soul spoke to your spirit saying that this is how we should respond. Now the soul, the spirit, and then your body joins into the gang. And finally, you might not have that weakness, but you are ready to be besieged. Is somebody with me? People on Zoom, you're with me? You're ready to be attacked. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You're ready to be attacked by the very thing you should be fighting against. King Hezekiah never knew this was going to happen. He thought it is okay with his association to sit with the stranger, the strange voice from a strange location to an exposure he was giving. He didn't mind it. He didn't know. What is it? He didn't have the foresight. But today, I decree and declare for us, we are farsighted people. We have foresight. Prophetic is not just about the now. The prophetic is about the future. When God comes to you from the future and speaks to your present and says, straighten up, my son, my daughter, I have a different path, a trajectory than the rest of the world for you. The Egyptians shall have all the sickness they want to have, but you will be different. There will be a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites because of my blood covenant over your life. Can somebody shout an amen? That is the benefit. But you know what? That benefit will only last as much as your instruction is strong in your spirit. Come on, one more time. That benefit of what the Lord has given us will last as long as we have yoked ourselves with that instruction. When we say instruction, these have become like hard words, but this is, instruction is nothing but God's voice. 
God's voice, when it comes, it always comes with an instruction. Moses gave the Israelites an instruction to do certain way, right? And when they stuck with that instruction, protection was guaranteed. So now, here, when the enemy comes to bombard you, do you have an instruction in your spirit to say, there is a different kind of voice that is written over my spirit? You with me, all of you? You've got to say there is a different kind of verse written in my DNA, in on my family. There's a different kind of verse written on my finances. Are, are, are you connecting? Please, you have to connect. English is limited sometimes. You've got to say there is a different kind of voice, a whisper, a declaration, a decree, an instruction over my heart, over my spirit, over my DNA, over my, you know, you got to say, over my body, there is a different kind of declaration. Not what I see on this, not what I see on that big screen, not what I see on the billboards. No, no, no. I'm going to make a statement which Please don't be offended. If you are, I can't help it. I'm only helping each other. You know, we are not in this together. <laughs> Come on now, people, people on Zoom, are you with me? I am not agreeing to every billboard that is say we are all in this together. No, brother, no, sister. You can go however your health will go. I am not in this together. See, that's a political statement, but what I'm trying to give you is a spiritual statement. Because whatever you entertain can change the writings on your heart. And when a writing on your heart is changed, you receive the new instruction to partner with it. You know, you know, if we understand us better, we will do much better in life. See, I can sum it up like this. Am I helping somebody? Yes. Am I helping somebody on Zoom? See, there are three areas that are critical for a child of God. Okay? One is understanding God, which, which is a lifetime. You've got to be a student of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be a lover of God. You've got to love Him. You've got to go after Him. That is a never-ending pursuit in your life, to understand Him. That's 24 bar 7 lifelong story, understanding God. The more you understand God, the more you gather him to yourself and you become closer to him. That's what his nearness is. He can be in you, but still can be miles apart from you. Spirit world is very different. He can be in you and you can never know he's leading you. He can be in the room right now and none of us can feel him. But he said, I'm with you. That means he's here right now. But not all our spiritual eyes is open. But only if it's completely open, then it would be a different dimension altogether. So let's come back. So, understanding our Father in heaven, understanding the Holy Spirit, understanding the Son of God is a journey of life. One. Second thing is understanding yourself. Very important. Your success in life depends on it. You can work hard to understand your spouse or your friend or anything, but it is less beneficial until you understand yourself first. Ouch. It's because you can be running to see if this person likes this and this, and if you never figure out what you like and what you don't like. You've worked so hard to please that person, 
and when that person never returns back a favor to you you're upset you're broken you're rejected you're bitter and then you you're offended and satan hijacks those people right right so understanding yourself what makes you a success and what are your weaknesses is so important what are your failure triggers what is that which which promotes the carnal nature in you to go down and not go up if you don't know that you know you 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 can you can pray for a whole day and come down and the enemy is like he's so familiar he knows you he knows exactly what is that one thing you know you are you are like oh today i'm going to you know i'm flying in heavenlies and you come down and then and uh, something happens you lost that whole encounter in like 5 minutes because you know why because you didn't understand yourself if you understood yourself better what you would do is you would be prepared not to go down like the way you're going down in accelerated momentum okay the third thing is understanding what surrounds you your environment your associations and your people very important hey come on are you all with me you're all very quiet today so besiege sage sage besiege so nebuchadnezzar came the king of babylon came to jerusalem and besieged it can i show you a funny thing here it says he came to jerusalem i mean, did you see the detail i want you to see this one he came to jerusalem come on hey, come on look at your bible one more time he didn't say he came and surrounded it he came to jerusalem he came to that place now you can tell me where is it written give me all the details but you have to see it through the eyes of the spirit he came to jerusalem and then besieged it and the bible says verse 2 and the lord gave king of judah into his hand the lord gave king of judah into his hand the lord gave the lord gave the lord gave you can say god handed it over to him exactly what it says or you can go back go down a little deeper because the guy changed the handwriting or changed the writing of his heart away from his god he gave himself also to it so to bridge the gap god did not give him any more instructions and when he was found without instruction he was found without protection and he was given to the king nebuchadnezzar and what happened with hezekiah is the same deal why why did not Isaiah the prophet continue the conversation with Hezekiah to provoke his heart back to think about it 
because his heart instruction was already sold out he was not going to change the instruction on his heart his heart was ready to give up on it okay now let's continue and the lord gave jehokai king of juda into his hand details are very important in the bible with some of the vessels of the house of god and he brought them to the land of shinar to the house of his god and placed the vessels in the treasury of his god this detail shocks me the very reason for nebuchadnezzar's generation to end after few chapters in the book of daniel is because hold on you know like i'm taking you places i'm slowly building this up god is very precise the enemy came looked into hezekiah what he had hezekiah exposed everything but what he exposed still belonged to whom okay i'm taking you somewhere what belonged to god is what hezekiah exposed and when the enemy came he took what was god's as if it was his and he took it to his god's house and he kept it as if it was his now but who is the real owner of the owners so there is a master above everything else no matter how much the enemy has besieged you if deep within your heart your ownership is still to the lord there is still grace available to snatch you out of the hands of the devil and that is exactly you will see in action what caused daniel to be promoted from a slave to the prime minister you see the way god works god was like i will let hezekiah do whatever he does because he is not repenting but my ownership still stays so the vessels of 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 in jerusalem is taken into nebuchadnezzar's palace and what do they do one day they begin to drink from it and they call on the judgment of god and who's brought forth to the front daniel the prophet and his whole generation of nebuchadnezzar's son belshazzar or something it ends right there hey no matter how much the enemy will bombard you with everything god still has a way out to redeem us from every trap of the enemy but the only thing is you got to make up your mind whom you belong to are you all with me still yeah. okay then okay we will continue then the king commanded the his chief eunuch to bring some of the people of israel both of the royal family so we don't know here are, are you enjoying this teaching of the there is a reason i'm showing you all this thing because a man like daniel did not come into existence because of comfort because everything was perfect an anointing of a daniel will come to forefront in this intensity when the attack is the most he was besieged okay every time i say that word you can say that word louder in an accurate pronunciation okay in a accurate accent you know people on zoom you can say it yourself daniel was who 
he was taken captive, a slave. King came, they all attacked, right? Like imagine like an old, um, you know, like old movie where the soldiers come, they took Daniel, his whole family captive, they besieged him, they carried him away to another land and they took where? They took him to um, the, the place where the other king was. And what happens? They bring the royal family of the nobility, youths without blemish, in that was Daniel, of good appearance. They selected the good ones and skillful in all wisdom and endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The enemy is so smart. The enemy will not take captive that which is useless. Now, if you are being besieged, if you are being attacked time in and time again in a various ways, you need to ask yourself, why is the enemy after me and my heart so much? Because maybe somewhere you are youth without blemish, you're of good appearance. Can everybody, everybody say amen to that? You're skillful in all wisdom. If your wisdom is being attacked, you know, endowed with knowledge, you have understanding and learning, you have a competent to be a general, you can be a leader in the spirit, then the enemy will try to hijack you. Every time the enemy will hijack somebody, he's not a bad investor. You may be, but he's not. If he is after you, your personal lives, your family, he wants to do something, he is very precise. He is not investing his resources in a wrong way. If he wants to break something, he wants to break, people on Zoom, you are listening to me. If he wants to break a marriage and if he's after yours, what is it that he's so after yours? You need to ask him. And if he's bringing certain delays in your life, if he's besieged you, he's attacking you, you need to ask, why me? Because somewhere you fit in this category. And what is his intention? He wants to change the writing on your heart. You know why? Because later on, later on, you are a threat to his kingdom. If... Daniel's generation was not besieged. Ha, re, broko, si, korean. Imagine if Daniel was never taken captive. One day, Daniel would have been a king in Jerusalem. You, you connecting the points? His kind of generation would have ruled the land. And it would have become impossible to the voice of the enemy to attack them, to enslave them, and to put them down. But before that could happen, right? He came and besieged them. So you need to ask yourself, why is the trajectory of my life hindered so much? It is because the enemy is directing his attack towards you. Because you are something that will actually impact his trajectory. Can somebody shout an amen? So, so the anointing on your life, you know, if, if people say, you know, please, do you still like me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm teaching all this. You know, I'm telling you, when you receive an anointing, you attract attacks. If you don't want to say amen, don't say amen to that, okay? But you know what? When you light a fire, the, you know, the things come closer. It is because there is something of value in you. And the only way he will do it, to hijack a person who's anointed, listen, I'm giving you a key now, is to besiege them, attack them in a way 
to hijack them don't miss my words now to hijack them out of their anointing um you're getting it people on zoom if there is an anointing over your life and the enemy comes to attack you you know he's not interested in taking away your nice cute car you have because he knows that you'll buy another one maybe okay maybe you lost a cat then you'll buy another cat you know you you lost a pot you'll buy a new pot but he when he comes to hijack you he will not hijack you in that way if he really is after you what is he really after you he's really after the anointing and the call and the value that god has placed over your life if he can hijack that and he's not that powerful to hijack that but the way he can hijack is hijack you from you i'm taking you to this place to get to this understanding if he can hijack you from you and make you think differently about you believe differently about you and you stop believing in the anointing that's on you and you start doubting the god who's on you you start doubting in your own skills your own abilities and you become hopeless everything about you and when you look everything looks impossible to you he has won the battle because that is his intention if he can crush you from the inside you know what he has done he has stopped you from flowing in your anointing because it is that anointing that takes you to your destiny it is that anointing that calls you to be a success it is that anointing that will trouble him so what he will do he'll besiege you he'll hijack you he will hijack you from you korabasikarianta lebre menegozi koriata and what does he do he one of the ways he can do it is he will give you appetites did i say it right he'll give you an appetite for things that you don't need in your life come on you with me still yeah. are you still really with me yeah. do we have more time to go further we do have tonight in jesus name <laughs> you know he his way of doing it is if he can hijack your mind and make it a slave to something and yet make you believe you're still in charge of it he has won it you getting it mm-hmm. so what what was the king's agenda here he wanted to teach them the literature and the language of the chaldeans he wanted to change the instruction the writing on their heart but tonight i want you and me to declare and decree no matter what comes to attack you no matter what besieges you the decree and declaration on your heart will never change it will stay for the lord jesus forever and ever in the mighty name of jesus there is something about daniel and there is something about all these prophets i see this in common okay in in the time of elisha one king comes and besieges the land okay what does he do what 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 happened in those days was something they came, they, they besieged it, so there's no import and export anymore right business terms now nothing can be exported nothing can be imported then people are all blocked okay then inflation happens okay prophetically i'm speaking then inflation happens they become enemies with everything that is surrounding them prices go up and then people are fighting stealing killing destruction increases at the end of it people are eating away themselves this exactly happened 
You can find this in 2 Kings chapter 6, in the time of Elisha. Okay, this is all happening. What is the target? The enemy attacks and blocks things. Then people go into this mode. When people are attacked, people go into this mode. But if you can stay in a way that you don't go into that mode, then the anointing of God that is in you will rise up to a place which will become above the system. That is what happened. You're still with me? To John on the island of Patmos. Can I give you some practical connections? Are you enjoying this study? You're getting these people on Zoom? What did they do at the time of John's life? John the Apostle. They tried to kill him in burning oil. And he chose not to die. I said he chose not to die. Peter the Apostle, they wanted to crucify. He chose, yes, I want to die. Not upside like my master, down, down. You know, I want my head to down. And he got crucified like that. Whose choice was it? Please, it's okay, you can answer. Peter's choice. Meaning, now I'm going to give you a contrast right there. Peter's anointing was so heavy on his life. He could have canceled death. He could have said, I don't want to be crucified now. It was a possibility. They were having heavenly encounters. They walked with the Lord. They walked. Do you don't believe it? He was the first person to stand up. Apostle John, same way. But he said, I don't want to die today. My anointing is too costly. I feel like my assignment has not ended. And he said, no, Romans, you can't end my assignment right now. They dipped him in the oil. They tried to kill him. He didn't die. Then they said, what do we do with this guy? He's not even dying now. That is what happened with Moses. God told Moses, you go and die. You know that? I'll show you this in the Bible one day. God told Moses, son, it is time for you to come to heaven. Go die. And, and the Bible says Moses went and died. Okay, we'll all go to all these topics eventually, one after one. You know, we'll keep on covering the Bible. We'll cover every area. We'll see how much the anointing on your life is so important. Who puts the limitation is you and me. So John said, I, I, I don't want to die today because I have to still write the book of Revelation. He said, I have to write about the second coming of the Lord. He was very motivated to see the future. He is the, he's an apostle, but he is the prophet of the prophets. You know, he didn't die. Then what did they do? They said, this guy, we have to just throw him out of our planet. And they threw him in an island called Island of Patmos. What did they do? They cut him off from civilization. Are you with me? I'm going to bring you back to Daniel in a few minutes. They cut him off from civilization. Meaning, now, John, the apostle, had to filter water. And there was nothing to filter water. He had to drink dirty water to survive, quench his thirst. He had no food to eat on that island. He was thrown. You getting this? Yeah. They put him in a state where nobody to talk to him. No other apostle saying, brother, it's okay. It will be well tomorrow. It's only for a little more while you will be sad. Tomorrow the sun will shine on you. A chariot will come and take you away from this island. You will be beautifully gone. Nobody was there. I'm just, nobody was there to give him an encouraging word. Nobody to talk to. There's wild beasts there. You know, he didn't have a nice house to stay. 
I'm making it dramatic so you really see it. Sometimes we just read and we say, ah, he was in the island of Patmos. There was a nice palace built for him there. And he was sitting on his nice luxurious chair and he was writing the scroll of the Lord is going to come like this. No. You with me? Yeah. He, was, he was oppressed. He was besieged. Do you agree with that word now? Yes. Sieged? Sieged. He was fully sieged in an island called Patmos. No food. He had to live like a, uh, an early man. Ape man? No, no, no. Like a caveman. Caveman. He had to start living like that. He had to build a shelter for himself with the cold, the summer heat. I don't know what was going on. He had to struggle through everything. This is what I love about John. The Bible says, and John was in the spirit. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit. Wow. What did, what did Koro Koro virus do? People on Zoom? Isolated you? Come on. What did the virus pandemic do? Cut you off from relationships? Burnt bridges? Isolated you? No church. Isolation. Social distancing. You know, what is it called? You know, like uh, Island of Patmos. We are going to build a new Island of Patmos around your life. Everything, you're going to be restricted. You can't see people's face anymore. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. What is it happening? They're pushing, you know, being pushed into a place where you no more want to be like the way you're called to be. So that your development can be quenched. Because People, listen, human beings are not called to be isolated. You need conversation. You need fellowship. And that is what exactly the enemy's target was, to kill the church through that pandemic. But still we are here. Hallelujah. Great. We are, new beginnings are happening because of that. Right? Amen. So that is exactly what John's state in his life. But he said, I was in the spirit. On the Lord's day. Is this helping you? Because you and I, if we can come to that point, no matter how much we are besieged, sieged, whatever you're surrounded with, attacked with, whatever is being cut, whatever is being removed, but you can still say, you know what? That anointing on me is not going to be hijacked. My mind is not going, going to be hijacked. The way I feel about myself, come on somebody, is not going to be hijacked. The way I'm thinking about what is going to happen is not going to be hijacked. No matter what, the devil will not be able to hijack me from me anymore because I am a child, I'm a son, and I'm a daughter of God, and I am rooted and grounded in him, and I will be in the spirit. When you do that, you know what happened? He wrote the book of Revelation. Wow, the prophet of the prophets. He, he did not have an instrument playing in the background to say, now I'm going to prophesy. No, he was like, I, am, I'm, I don't know what was happening to him. But in all of that, he said, now, Lord, I'm in the spirit. And the angels began to come visit him. He went to the heavens. He wrote the book of Revelation. Okay, dial back to Daniel's lifestyle. Listen, I have no proof to convince you or to say this is what happened because I even I don't know fully. What I do know, I can tell you. The scripture says in King Hezekiah's time,
we don't know what happened to daniel but if it did happen he was emasculated i'm going to finish soon okay people you can hear me now chief of the eunuchs had a company of people why they didn't want the royal families to reproduce their own seed generations so he was emasculated i think so i can't prove it but it you see the words what has been spoken we don't know exactly what was daniel because daniel never says he was married i don't know what happened to his life in that sense what was that attack on his identity everybody say identity you know it is one thing for you to be attacked in your mind hijacked right having demonic voices stalk inside all negativity unable and you believed it you're distracted you're hijacked and now if ever somebody wants to look outside of it and look at themselves now this has happened to daniel is an attack on his identity physical identity too don't tell me it was easy he said john in the island of patmos he was sitting on a luxurious sofa like angels were serving him listen he preserved his anointing and he was in the spirit is the same deal with daniel wow the reason i'm exposing all this from the word is for only one reason that you and i will guard our anointing we will guard ourselves that we will never be hijacked from us you know some people fear can hijack them and everything you know you are fearful of something because you read something you heard something podcast there are many podcasts available now you can entirety free podcast because people are sitting at home and they can make podcasts please i am not against podcasts i'm just saying anybody can speak to nowadays and everybody can create an account everybody can make a podcast you don't know his life you don't know her life you don't know what they do you don't know what kind of demons they talk to no matter what encounters they have with the holy spirit i don't know you don't know everything but when you are conversing and it's not even a conversation now podcasting is like direct input you go into passive mode you know what is passive mode you're like i'm just sitting and listening what happens you're just sitting you're just taking it in you're just sitting and taking you're no more thinking through it you just want to take it in listen there is a problem with that because it's no more you're not asking questions you're just taking it that makes it even more dangerous so so basically there are things in passivity you know what is passivity you don't take control of your spirit you're hijacked from you you're not in charge anymore even fear can push you into that mode if you read something you became fearful and a new activity gets introduced in your life now you're doing things which you should not be doing it's taking away your time it's taking away your energy it's taking away your money it's taking away your relationship time it's taking away many things from you but why are you doing that because something you were fearful of now to avoid it you're doing multiple more layers of activity now in that whole process what happened fear hijacked you to do certain things it wanted you to do you with me 
But in reality, if God is looking at the situation, God is like, why is he, why is he or she so scared? Why are they acting like this? And all of a sudden now, you're spending all those dollars, you're spending all that energy, you're turning all that effort because fear hijacked you from you and it's taking you on a path. And then fear will introduce you to another thing, anxiety. It'll These are all open doors to your soul. Everything that your soul opens, now your soul begins to marinate in it, changes your thinking. And when your soul is become so heavy, you're no more able to hear from the spirit. That's when your spirit taking charge of your life becomes weak. Now, Daniel's condition, he went to this extent. We're going to wrap it up in another 10 minutes. Okay. He did something different. Verse 5. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. And the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Okay. Now, Daniel does not give in to that. The Bible says, verse 8, but Daniel resolved. In King James, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. Every time the Bible says heart, it is talking about your spirit. But Daniel purposed in his spirit that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Meaning, he, he, he managed his appetite. Because what you eat is what you become. So if you can manage your appetite, you can manage your soul. And if you can manage your soul, you can be strong in your spirit. That is what Daniel began to do. So basically, now what should we do? If you are besieged by social media so much, manage your appetite. See what you're consuming from them. Take charge of what you see, not what they want you to see. You take your reins back and you control what you feed, what you eat, how you spend your time, how you take it through your eye gate, your ear gate. Just be conscious. You take charge. How? Daniel purposed in his heart. Can we purpose in our heart that we will not defile ourselves in, in, in this with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank? Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 9. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Listen, when you purpose to stand in your spirit, you will find favor. Can you say an amen? If you can purpose in your spirit to stand grounded in your spirit, angels will assist you. You will find favor and that favor will fight for you and that favor will begin to promote you. That's exactly what happened. So there we shall close for today. So Daniel purposed in his spirit that he will not defile himself. This is how he managed. See, the reason we go like this step by step, studying the word in this manner is that we just don't take it blanketly and say, Daniel was an anointed man of God. You get the blueprint for your life. So you have learned many things. We have learned many things. If we can manage our appetite and we can make sure our appetite is not managing us, Right? 
hey, I'm not saying I'm a perfect saint. I have seen, I have seen, you know, uh, there is something called as do-it-yourself videos on YouTube. You know, one day I looked up something. Okay, I'm giving you an example. Next day, my feed had four more videos. I was like, oh, this drill bit, this, you know, looks nice. Then next day, there's a series of videos. I'm sitting and scrolling. I'm like, wow, if this breaks, this is how I do. Then I said, oh, I need to go to Lowe's. People on Zoom, you're with me? Yeah, I need to go to Lowe's. I, I need this 24-bit uh, drill set. I need this. In fact, I ended up buying it too. Then I was thinking, why do I need this? Oh, if that happens. Point of it is, I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm giving you an example of how an appetite which I don't manage can begin to manage me. You can begin to have expense which you never <laughs> needed to have in the first place. All of a sudden, you have a want. All of a sudden, you have a craving. And all of a sudden, you have a desire. Can I tell you something? Desire, when it is not managed, it becomes powerful. And desire becomes power. When desire is not managed, desire will begin to have power over you. You know, it's like, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this to happen. And your soul is sold to the desire. Now the desire becomes your God. I'm giving you principles, what happens. And finally, we can lose the spirit and go to the way until the desire is met. But Daniel, he purposed, he decided in his spirit, he will not defile himself with the king's meat. Because Chaldeans were known for what? They are the number one in wizard group. They knew times and seasons. They were like the premium kind. And Daniel didn't want to fall into that trap. You know? So Daniel purposed in his heart. John stayed in the spirit. If you can begin to practice this, the anointing of God is such that when you stand for the anointing, God will begin to release the favor on your life. And what you stand for will begin to multiply and will grow stronger. That's exactly what happened in Daniel's life. You know, his journey of the prophetic began with the simple instruction. And so it can begin with all of us. He purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's delicacies. If you can purpose in your spirit that you would not fall into the world's delicacies. You know, the moment we mention world, world we talk about, only, we think it is only sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whatever can conquer you and hijack you. If you can make sure you're not conquered, you're not hijacked, you can stay above it. That's when your anointing will grow stronger and stronger and stronger.